This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? You jolly Hello and welcome to another extremely brave edition of THN. We're brave for doing Cover it. to cover. We're feeling very brave this morning. We feel brave every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Fearless. My name is Matt Baum. I am one of the hosts of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. Across from me is the other host on the other head. His name is? I'm Joe Patrick. He's Joe Patrick. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I am. We have some exciting news. We're going to break at the very end. We're not going to... We got to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Got to the whole what thing. a dick move. You don't, you don't, you know, like hit them hey, right off the news. You put the right? eggs and the bread in the back of the store, buddy. Exactly. That's exactly. not an appropriate metaphor, but you know what I mean. I mean, kind of, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But here's how it works. You nerds call in and we rap about all things comic book and nerd. That can be... That means there's no rules, but we do supply some talking points. We do have a few rules. <laughs> on our Facebook page. You can go there. You can see what the call-in window is today. It is as normal, well, which will typically be Saturday, 11 o'clock to 1230 Central Standard Time. More accurately, we post them on the forums. Right. And then I link them to the Facebook page to get you animals to visit the forums. There you go. So, the rules are all there. The stuff you want to talk about is all there. One of the main things we talk about, though, is the question of the week. That's true. The question of the week is becoming weekly. Again, we'll explain why later. Spoiler! I, I mean, it's just the question of the week is weekly. Again, damn, we'll explain you why later. You can't even resist your own rules. I'm not spoiling anything. They know nothing. These fools, they know nothing. Joe Patrick, can you please reset the question of the week? Yes, I can. The question of the week came from our friend Jesse Kiefer. He's on the forums as Jesse DeGrawlix. He's the co-host of the Grawlix podcast. They have one patron. Come on, guys. Throw some money hey, out. Hey, we don't want to shit. Like, <laughs> they deserve more patrons. They kick out so much content, you guys. Yeah, they Their make us look bad. Their one patron is us. They make and us And we're not look that generous. <laughs> they deserve your support. They do great work. I was watching uh, Jesse's co-host, who I'm sorry, his name is escaping me. I was watching him play Scribblenauts. <laughs> And he kept trying to summon Thomas Wayne and freak out Batman. It was, was amazing. Was on Twitch or what? Uh, I don't think just like stream them. So, uh, no, it, it was just like, a, a, I don't know. I don't think it was on Twitch. It was on their Patreon, Patreon oh. page. Okay. But yeah, they, like they stream themselves. They record themselves playing the game. And Doing then they stuff do commentary. And That's fun. And it was great fun. I had a blast. That's fun. Uh, anyway, that's them. This is us. Jesse's question is, as a free comic book day, Pepe the Frog is dead. Oh, my. Pepe became something that creator Matt Fury couldn't contain and ultimately couldn't reconcile. In the end, he did the last thing that was left to him. He killed the character. So here's my question. What are the most justified deaths or endings in comics? Not just your favorite death, y'all. Right. An ending. Like the end of a story, right. the end of a storyline. Killing Pepe to redeem the character, the death of Peter Parker's marriage to Mary Jane to undo J. Michael Straczynski's run on Spider-Man. Right. Or like when Aunt May realized she's never going to age to death, so she shot herself. Yeah, right. Yeah. When is the Scorched Earth option the best and maybe only answer? Oof. Very meta. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a really good one. So here's how it works. If you want to play along, you can call us at 402-819-4894. That is our Google phone number. 
When you say it so slow like that, it's hard for me to fact check you because you have a tendency of getting the number wrong. 402-819-4894. You nailed it, buddy. <laughs> yes. You can call us and leave a message if we're not live and we'll play it on the show. Or, like I said, from 11 o'clock to 1230 Central Standard Time, which means you have to get out of bed at a reasonable hour, but you're probably an adult and should be doing so anyway. <laughs> you can call in live and rap about us, rap with us, or go to our Facebook page. There's a little call now button. Totally works. If you're too lazy to dial, click that. He says it works, but I don't trust it. Totally Just works. Just dial the number, you, you, you lazy bums. <laughs> or you could send us an MP3 of your answer or your thoughts on any of the stuff we're talking about to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. I got bad news. The MP3 is going away. It is? Yeah. The people... Like the people that were licensing the technology or whatever, they were just like, that's eh, not worth it anymore. <laughs> there are better formats now. Well, it's just MP4. Is no, all no, or yeah. AAC is what everybody wants yeah, now. Yeah. But. Ain't no big thing. Regardless, y'all know how to do it. Send it to us. Whatever you can record on your phone will work just fine. Try and keep it in MP3, MP4, AAC, whatever. You know. So it's uh, Apple we'll happy. We'll take whatever that's you all got. Ask. <laughs> we'll take whatever you got because we're not picky. Don't listen to jokes. He's a techno dummy. He don't know no better. I'm not a techno dummy. I'm saying with people, can we not if fight people on the want to contribute just once, we're not going to quibble. Can we act like a normal show and not fight? No. <laughs> this is why they pay us. Let's get into it, kids. So let's warm up here with a voicemail left to us from our buddy, John from Joyzy. He doesn't talk like that, though. In fact, he just sounds like a nice, intelligent young man. He might not even be born in Jersey. I don't know. Not that people with accents Hello, are not intelligent and friends, nice. friends. This is John from Jersey. Or should he? Hey, it's John from Jersey. I just stopped by Wawa to get some pork roll and tasty cakes. Hey. Anyway, hey. calling in with my answer to the question of the week. So, in terms of the most justified deaths in comics, I have to go with almost every non-mutant hero in the Marvel Universe dying at the hands of Onslaught. <laughs> well, actually, technically, the X-Men killed them as they were absorbing the energy of Onslaught. Spoiler warning. But still, the Avengers and Fantastic Four continuity and stories were so screwed up and awful going into the Onslaught crossover that anything would have been better than what they had. Yes, we had to endure a year of some of the worst versions of those characters, but when they finally returned to the Marvel Universe proper, we got Busiek's Avengers run, we got that fantastic, fantastic four run, and a whole <laughs> lot of other great things that sort of really breathed new life into Marvel Comics coming out of the mid-90s. It was fantastic. Uh, while we're here, I just want to defend my Guardians of the Galaxy 2 love a little bit little backstory. My son is five years old, and for the past couple of years, we've been trying to figure out some different testing and things with him. He wasn't really making a lot of connections to his friends at school and stuff like that. Um, and we thought for a while that perhaps he was on the spectrum. My brother is. Um, but we weren't quite sure. We're sitting in the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and... Ego says to Star-Lord, what's more important than, uh, these are spoiler warnings, by the way, what's more important than immortality and controlling the universe and all of this, and it's shots of the Guardians. And my five-year-old son turns to me and says, it's friendship, Daddy. Friendship is the most important thing. And I wept like a baby. So maybe, just maybe, I'm a little biased because... 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 really helped my son fully see the value of working as a team and having friendship. So, you know, flaws and all, my favorite Marvel movie for now, and it's going to take something pretty great to top that. Anyway, I'm out of here. I'm going to head down the shore and uh, maybe up to the city. I don't know. Uh, catch a Phillies game or uh, maybe the Mets. I don't know. All right, you, you you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Nobody watches the Mets anymore. The Mets are terrible. He's Come all man. over the East Coast, Come that guy. <laughs> I'm happy to say that because I am a frequent viewer of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives on the Food Network, I know what pork roll is. Do you know what Wawa is? I don't know what Wawa, Wawa is. Wawa is like a grocery store chain. Oh, okay. It's called Wawa. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, John, you Let's start with Onslaught. To... Let's start with Onslaught. Okay. Let's start with Onslaught. Uh, listen, killing it right out of the gate with that call mm-hmm. because he's 100% right. What came after Onslaught was terrible. Yeah. But what came before Onslaught was even worse. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the the main characters of the Marvel Universe were in a terrible way. The Avengers were awful. The FF the FF wasn't so bad, um, but m- most of those books, Teenage Tony Stark, yeah. it was a garbage fire. Yeah. Onslaught. Well, wasn't swept- this right in the middle of them almost filing for bankruptcy and stuff too? And so there was just this desperation to do anything. It it was a it was them crawling back from it. Yeah. Yeah. And so heroes were born. Onslaught and Heroes of Born just like cleared the decks. Yeah. And yeah, we had to put up with a year of Wildstorm and, and Extreme Studios nonsense. Yeah. But don't fucking lie. We all loved it. At oh, the time. I remember like Mark Silvestri's Hulk. I remember looking at that. No, no, no. It was Will Sportacio. I'm sorry. Will Sportacio. Drew Iron Hulk. Man and the Hulk was in that. Yeah. yeah. I remember looking at that and just being like, this is the coolest Hulk I've ever yeah. seen. And then in oh. retrospect, no, it was terrible. Right. <laughs> it was terrible. And then when it was over, when it was over, we just had that deep breath and exhale, and all of a sudden, the Marvel Universe is amazing again. You've yeah. got Busiek and Perez on Avengers. You've got Busiek and uh, Sean Chen on Iron Man. Uh, Alan Davis and I think Scott Lobdell at the time on Fantastic Four. Uh, Ron Garney and Mark Wade on Captain America. The These world were, was as it should like, be. Like, the ship was righted, and all of a sudden, like, a switch flipped, and the late 90s weren't so bad anymore. <laughs> And yeah, then, they took the spikes off Thor's shoulders and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. They started putting out great books like Thunderbolts and Mark Wade's Kazar and all these really, really interesting ideas. Great call, John. And you don't have to defend your Guardians love to us. We love no that way. movie. No way. And that was a kick-ass story. Very yeah. touching. Thank oh, you for sharing I'm it. I'm glad your little one dug it, too. It was fun. So here's what we're rapping about this week's kids. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. There's a bunch of comic news out there. We've got a new The Gifted trailer that hit. A The Black Lightning trailer. Uh, it's just Black Lightning. Oh, thanks. sorry. It's not The Black Lightning. <laughs> we got Tom Hardy as Venom, question mark? No, it's happening. I don't know that's happening. They're in no, talks. confirmed. When was it confirmed? Yesterday. Are you certain? Yes. What? Yes. I didn't see that it was confirmed. I don't know what I think about that, but... What's, what's the debate? Tom Hardy is Venom? I don't like Venom. I'm coming right out and saying it. Hot take. I don't like Venom. There you go. Venom movie 2018, Tom Hardy to star, period. Really? Yes. Man, I just, I'm hot take. I don't like Venom. I don't care anymore. I mean, that's not necessarily a hot take, man. I I'm get saying it. Venom's an artifact of the 90s that worked then and was cool. I, I don't care about Venom anymore. I'm, my heart is ready to love again. Really? I, I like Tom Hardy. Don't get me wrong. I love Tom Hardy. He's fantastic. All right, listen, listen. We're wasting all the talking points. That's true. It's true. This isn't the big news. Jeffrey Ketchum hits us from Mexico. 
brags about hitting us from Mexico, by the way, did so on our Facebook page, and forgets to attach the call to his email. <laughs> Amateur. Come on, Amateur hour. What are you doing? I bet there's some wicked Mexican Pokemon down there, though. Oh, yeah, probably. Right? So, nice try, catch them all. Let's go to the Master of Corn. Master of Coin, sorry. <laughs> Master of Corn. I don't know where that came from. Mr. Stephen Fino, he says, welcome back to Young Justice Cast, where once again I complain about what DC has done to the Young Justice alumnus. Hello again, this is Lord Stephen, Master of Coins, setting it an answer once again to complain about the new 52 Teen Titans and how it should be reckoned out of continuity and never mentioned again. This series that seems to have been purposely conceived by someone saying, you know how people really like these characters and grew up reading them as kids and then became lifelong comic book fans as a result? Yeah, fuck those people. Let me explain my rationale for why they should be gone just by giving you the origins of Connor, Tim, and Bart as they appeared and how they were changed in order of how much I hate them. Superboy, originally a clear Superman made by Cadmus, he is given the name Connor Kent and then Con L as a means of showing that he is accepted by Superman as a member of the family. In the New 52, he is a clone of Superman and Lois Lane's evil son from the future, created by Nowhere and given the name Con L by Supergirl, the name in this case meaning an abomination of the House of L. Tim Drake, originally having deduced Batman's identity, he came to him because Batman needs a Robin and fought following the death of Jason Todd. In the New 52, he failed to find out who Batman was and instead gave up on the quest entirely and instead decided to steal money from the Penguin. When the Penguin found out about it, he put a hit on Tim and his family, leading to his parents deciding to just give Tim to Batman. Not Bruce Wayne, mind you, specifically Batman. And then the worst of the worst, Bart Allen. Originally, Barry Allen's grandson from the future, he was raised in virtual reality and sent back in time to learn how to control his powers. In the New 52, he is Bartor, a murderer and terrorist from the future with no relation whatsoever to Barry Allen. Yeah, that's who true. Who was sent back in time to be in a witness protection. I didn't know any of this. I did not make any of that up. That is actually canon in the New 52. So yeah, it, sh- it has yet to be rewritten out of continuity. But honestly, it is the best possible decision DC can make if they ever want to redeem these characters. So that's my answer this week. See ya. While you were talking, Stephen, Matt looked up from his computer at me like, is this for real? Yeah, I thought you were just making shit up. No, it's 100% for real. The New 52 was not kind to any of those characters. I had no idea. Ruined. Straight up ruined. Wow. Yeah. And they still, I mean. They're all gone. Well, except for Tim, who's uh, still around. You're reading Teen Titans or whatever now, though, right? I'm a little behind, but yeah, I do read it. Okay, so are they addressing any of that, or are they, they just have ignoring not touched it? it at all? They have not touched on it at all. Probably for the best. Probably for the best, but there are all these lingering questions now, like what happened? You know, are these characters dead? Did they ever exist? Were with they the, from, with the rebirth continuity? Did they become evil in the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bart Allen, like they made him a terrorist. He was a murderous terrorist from the future. God, that is stupid. Yeah, and Superboy was ruined. It was garbage, garbage. That is so dumb. The New 52 Teen Titans is awful, and anyone that tells you otherwise is lying to themselves. Wow. I feel like so much stuff happened in the New 52 that it's impossible to be mad at all of it. Sort of like the White House, you know what I mean? Oh, we got an incoming voice call. Let's see who this is. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Who this? Hey, Joe, Matt. This is Kyle from San Diego. Kyle, how you doing? Hello, Kyle. Are you a first time caller, Kyle? Hey. 
No, no, I've called a couple times. Okay. Well, you just weren't worthy of us remembering you. No, no. <laughs> Matt just smokes too many drugs to remember. It's true. What do you want to <laughs> rap about, Kyle? Um, I was calling about Gog, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's catching right. on. Gog, I told you. <laughs> Let's rap about it. So, uh, so I, I went and saw it this week, and uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Really? And I think, yeah, I think part of the problem for me is my expectations were too high going in. Okay, that's fair. And so since my expectations were so high, I went in and, you know, for a lot of the criticisms that, or the, the issues that you brought up on um, your other episode, where it was a lot of the same things over again, a lot of the same jokes. Sure. And, and so since my expectations were so high, I just, I went, I left a little bit underwhelmed. And I think if my expectations weren't as high, I just really would have loved it. Um, I still, I think, I still think the first movie is better, but. Oh, I agree. Um, I totally agree. I think the first yeah. movie is better too. I'm with you there. Well, let me ask you this. You, yeah. You're saying underwhelmed. That, that doesn't uh-huh. mean that you didn't like the movie. Right. It just, it, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, I liked the movie, but I think I, I would have liked it more um, maybe if I would have gone in fresh. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Um, so I... But, uh, go ahead, go. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, so I kind of understand where you're coming from. I... <clears throat> I think a lot of my enjoyment of the movie came in hindsight, like thinking of it later. Okay. Um, when I watched the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like everything that happened just thrilled me, right? And so during the actual viewing of the movie, I was just tickled the whole time. When Guardians 2 hit, I was just so excited and so uh, my anticipation level was so high that it just kind of like, I was kind of numb through the watching of it. Really? But as I thought about it... You guys are such jerks. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it at all. I loved it. It's that like my anticipation level was so high, sure, it was sure. impossible f- sure. for the movie to, to reach that. And it's not that they didn't do a good job, and it's not that I didn't love it. It's that most of my enjoyment came afterwards when I was reflecting on it, not during the viewing of it, if that makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. So you and Kyle and I, saw the movie together, essentially. No, I saw you sat right next to me. No, I mean we, emotionally. Oh, t- emotionally together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we had a connection. Fair enough. It happens. I was an easy mark. I don't know if I was just right place, right time for me, but it just hit me and I loved it. Totally loved it. Yeah. And I would take another movie if they're just doing the same thing, I guess. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> I, but I think, that, um, I think that Kyle has a point that like going in fresh is is kind of key to enjoyment of movies like this sure especially with sequels sure and they just can't resist showing you every fun thing that you're about to see before you go see it well that's also our fault for watching all that stuff. it's true it goes both ways i mean right right uh, i mean they know we're addicts and we're going to right so they've got us right where they want us but so. had i had i gone in with a clean slate you know i i think i would have enjoyed it a little bit better cool or maybe a little bit more distance and- between uh, this movie and the original movie. Kyle, go ahead. I also think the opposite thing might happen with the Wonder Woman movie because my expectations for that movie are so low that, you know, and, and I really want to like it so much. They certainly have nothing to lose. I agree. Right. That I'm really hoping that I go away loving that movie. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, look, I just want a good Warner Brothers DC film at this point. I don't care who the character is. I'm hoping this is the one. Yeah. 
but I'm the only reason I'm hoping this is the one is because it happens to be the next one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't dislike Wonder Woman. I, I I love Wonder Woman. I'd be I hope this is a great Wonder Woman movie, but it's like so far. And we should be clear, whenever we bash on this stuff, we are directly bashing on the Zack Snyder universe, you know, that started with his Superman movie and went into, you know, Superman versus Batman or whatever. The big rushed mm-hmm. Zack mm-hmm. Snyder verse. That's yeah. what we're talking about here. Kyle, thank you for your call, brother. I appreciate you calling in. All right, thank you. That was fun. Yeah, I take w- care, buddy. Appreciate you throwing Gog around. Keep it up. Listen, uh, <laughs> w- one more, one more call, and we have to assign you a nickname. There you go. So okay, start thinking about it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Chances are you're not going <laughs> to like it. Just so you know. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. All right, take care. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of his points. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, which again, I can't stress enough. I enjoyed the hell out of. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that same. I did not have that same feeling as I had when I watched the first one, when I saw it for the first time in the theater. I don't know, man. It just, maybe, I, like I said, easy mark, I guess, but they just got me. I loved it. Yeah. I like just as much as I loved the first one. You're a sucker. Now, I mean, like, did it feel fresher the first time? Sure, of course. But I guess I liked it so much that I was willing to just go in for another helping, you know? Yeah. Seconds, if you will. It was like, I guess it, to me, it's kind of like, I watched the next episode of a really good show. Sure. You know? What's so bad about that? Nothing's bad about it. It's just, like, when you're on episode four, it's right. not as special as episode one, where you're experiencing everything for the first time. Although sometimes episode four is four times as good as episode one. Just saying. Well, right? I guess you got me there. So we just heard from Jeffrey Ketchumall. <laughs> I tweeted at him. I said, email us ASAP. It didn't attach. He had Mui Mas Cervezas. Mui Mas. Lost his phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Poor drunk bastard. But, you know, that's what happens in Mexico, baby. I'm glad you're having a good time. That's right. Right now, let's go to Mr. Jesse Kiefer of the aforementioned Grawlix Project and the man. Podcast. Who, Grawlix Podcast. Pardon me. Podcast. What? If you're looking to rebrand, the Grawlix Project yeah. is a kick-ass name. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com emailing in. So yeah, uh, wow. When your question is chosen, it's uh, somehow a lot harder to answer. It's humbling, for some right? Because like You're my welcome. examples for the question just kind of got stuck in my head as my answer. So I'm really looking forward to what other people come up with. But I'm going to stick with Pepe. I mean, the character is now considered like hate speech. I mean... Damn. And that's, like, so counter to the character's identity. I mean, it's like if the internet decided tomorrow that Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle is a racist. Or, you know, like, if Marvel Comics decided for whatever reason that Captain America were a member of Hydra. Or, you know, something ridiculous like that. But uh, what happened to Pepe happened completely outside of the comics. And it was totally out of Matt Fury's control. He had nothing to do with it. So in the end, he either had to live with it or his only real choice was to kill Pepe so that he could wash his hands of whatever Pepe is now. But it's still a bummer. I mean, Pepe was just a chill frog who just wanted to get stoned, play video games, and hang out with his awesome roommates. Don't we all? He doesn't want to do that. So rest in peace, Pepe. That's all I got, guys. Thank you again for supporting us on Patreon. We're so happy to return the favor. Uh, and uh, you guys have a great week. So for those of you who don't know, Pepe the Frog became a co-opted 
Yeah, <laughs> like, a symbol of the alt-right. Yeah, alt-right uh, And image. alt-right equals Nazis. Which is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Why you pick Pepe the Frog? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> like, how does that become... But then again, how does anything become a meme? Sure, If right. you think yeah, about it, I, I guess. Like, it, it just takes one stoned Nazi to be like, let's be red and throw right. it up on Reddit. Yeah, right. And boom, Pepe is a racist, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know what? Before the internet, we had Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes peeing and everything from Toyotas to sure, Chevy. Right. To, like, it's the same goddamn and thing. And Bill Waterson, like, the only, I guess he could come back for one last trip where Hobbes eats Calvin yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, well, that's that. And then Hobbes pees on Calvin's grave and calls it good. <laughs> uh, unfortunate fact about Michelangelo, now that you bring him up, Michelangelo hates Puerto Ricans. Yeah. He's got a real problem with Puerto it's Ricans. Very unfortunate. Yeah, and it's man, don't get him started. Yeah, Ooh, I mean geez. that's a really specific bias. Yeah, I don't know. Where I know, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Uh, I was gonna say Haitians, but you know, oh well, I, I forgot it's Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Good call, Jess. Good to hear from you, man. And we love supporting you. And thank you for supporting us. It's totally great. If you guys want to do so, you can do the same. Go to our Patreon page. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. We put the show up there. We put little notes up there. We put all kinds of extra content for peeps up there. And there's going to be more coming soon. More news on that later. Ha-ha! Tease. <laughs> Let's go to the Orca. Our buddy in the frozen north, the Orca himself. Comics answer would be, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? But better than that. Uh, yeah. Good how one. about Tony Soprano? I don't know how anyone can debate that the smash cut at the end wasn't teased brains getting blown out all over Carmella and AJ as Meadow looks on. As much as I love the show, it had to end that way, right? Tony Soprano doesn't get to ride off in the sunset. Fuck that. At least he'll have Journey stuck in his head for all of eternity, right? I'd sing it, <laughs> but you guys would lose your podcast again. Besides, <laughs> I'm in the middle of getting a liver spot removed. Ooh. Hurts like hell. Yeah. Kiss, kiss, boys. God. Short and sweet from the orc. Yeah. Well, he's getting a liver spot removed, yeah. so he's trying to focus. That's yeah. disgusting, by the way. Uh, Tony Soprano. I, I don't know. I mean, like, there's all kinds of debate, and we're not going to go back into that because it's an old show. But, yeah, I'm with him. My feelings were Tony got shot in the end of the show. I... I I agree that Tony Soprano is not the sort of character that gets a happy ending. No, he doesn't. He's a bad guy. I mean, like, we, he was a compelling bad guy. Sure, right. But he was a bad guy. It's fun to watch, absolutely. And he was a gangster, and the show focused on how, like, these gangsters live very violent yeah, lives. he was a murderer and, and a criminal. And have violent deaths. Right. And I thought it was very creative to just blink it out like that. You decide what happened here. You can sure. decide that he lived happily ever after. Or you can decide he got shot in the head. The point is, you know just as much as Tony does, and we were following him the whole time, except for that brief time that Meadow went to Rome, and that shit sucked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's about where I stopped watching Sopranos. Yeah, man, they got boring. Jeez. Well, thanks, Orca. Whatever uh, happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Oh, great. That's yeah. a, Go ahead. That is a fantastic finish. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow is the two-part story written by Alan Moore Yeah. that kind of closed the book on the... Silver Age Superman, right before it was rebooted after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And so in that storyline, characters are getting killed. Oh, yeah. Like, Luther, Lex Luthor falls down and breaks his neck, and then Brainiac crawls over him and animates his dead body and uses him like a puppet. Yeah, it's gross. It's great. It's so rad. Um, 
And then at the end, spoilers for a 30-year-old comic, Superman um, voluntarily gives up his powers and kind of like walks off into oblivion. But what you discover at the very end is wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, he survives living a happy life with Lois right. uh, under an assumed identity. And this was effectively the end of Silver Age Superman. That's right? those are literally the words I said. Okay. Yes. Oh, I didn't hear you say. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's because you don't pay attention to me when I talk. It's and true. Don't think I don't know well, it. It's just your gums are flapping. You know. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it was essentially a scorched earth for the Silver Age Superman. It said yeah. goodbye to the old DC universe, and uh, it's a wonderful two part story. It was I, so clever. Alan it was Moore so and Kurt Swan. Clever. Oh, just in time. Let's do it. Here we go. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. What's oh, happening? Let me cancel that. Sorry about that. Who this? Hey, it's Chase. Chase, what's happening, brother? Uh, not too much. I just saw Joe tweeting about the need for somebody to defend Venom and wanted to point out that nobody should defend Venom. <laughs> that, that was Matt. That was me. <laughs> so let's rap about it. There's a Venom movie coming with Tom Hardy as Venom. Do yeah. you care? So- Here's the other thing, though. Everybody should care about Tom Hardy all of the time. So yeah. I actually do care because exactly. Tom Hardy made The Revenant mildly interesting. Oh, get out of here. I love The Revenant. <laughs> I never saw it. Revenant's terrible. I, was, uh, I never saw it. It was great. Uh, yes, I agree. Tom Hardy, yes. He makes everything great. Well, it's serious acting cred. I'll give him that. Let me ask you this, Chase Magnet. Do you think that building this Spider-Man expanded universe, is, is this going to be a success? Is this the way to go? I just think the thing sounds, it just sounds so weird. Maybe it's because we've had one that's sort of built around a team already that makes sense. But I don't know. I, 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 I've never thought I, of... I think that every sign but Tom Hardy points to no, because when we look at what Sony's been doing, especially yeah. with those amazing Spider-Man movies, they don't know how to write or craft a film in this, like a, their own superhero universe. Totally yeah. agree. But... I do have a little bit of hope that maybe they were like, we can just create some solo things and not worry about building a giant franchise. And Venom could just be this horrible, monstrous anti-hero and he gets to be his own thing. And we're just going to like leave it as its own thing. Like there's potential. I'm not betting on Sony, but I'm optimistic. Like I want to believe. Fair enough. I have no confidence that they will do that chase. They are not going to make a Venom movie oh, I, and leave it alone. Oh no, this I, is I have, part of I the have, like, expanded no confidence universe. They'll do that. Yeah. But, but I really just want to see Tom Hardy. Like, I'm going to see it purely because of that one decision. Oh, same here. Yeah. I love, everybody loves Tom Hardy. The guy's an amazing actor. And I like that Venom yeah. is a big, ripped up dude. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mean it, you didn't it, like it's a better, it's Topher a better Grace? Than Topher Grace. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I like Topher Grace. I think Topher Grace is a great actor. He's not okay. Venom. That's, I mean, that's like, I'm they should have never right done that. Topher Grace is not a, quote, great actor. Oh, I think he's really good. <laughs> I think he's got great comedic timing. He's a funny guy, and he's been good in everything he was in. I mean, name one and, of the and things I really that Topher Grace has been voice. in. Oh, yes, as Venom, that would be great. Yeah. Other than that 70s show. No, Name I'm, one other thing I'm Topher Grace just, has I'm, been I mean, in. here and there, when he shows up, I'm like, I like that guy. Yeah, He's okay. good at what he does. I'm not saying <laughs> give him the Oscar. Good Lord. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think the voice of Venom, the build of Venom, the look of Venom will be there. I just don't know that I'm interested in a Venom movie. You know, I just... Oh, yes, it's not because of Venom. There's, yeah. there's yeah, no, no reason no, to really like, yeah. care about Venom. If this movie will be good, it will be good in spite of the character and everything we've lived through, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Chase, thank you for your call. I appreciate you not defending Venom. <laughs> no problem. Have a good weekend, guys. Thank you, See you, buddy. 
So there we go. I, I, do you think Tom Hardy signs on to this because he's just like, yeah, I'll make some comic book money. I made good money playing Bane. Why not? <laughs> you know? I think, Tom, I think Tom Hardy likes to make movies. I will say. And I think that he legit likes comic books. The, the, the story was like, Tom Hardy is a fan of the character of Venom. Fair enough. I so. mean, as much as I like Tom Hardy, if you look at like his, his personal photos and stuff that he puts up, he looks pretty bro He's kind of a bro, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he does seem like kind of but a bro. But when you're ripped up and you're huge and you're a Hollywood star, you can do that, I guess. You can walk around with some swagger and it makes sense. Whatever. Not totally excited for the Venom movie, but we all agree. Tom Hardy. If anyone can make it good, it'll be Tom Hardy. Right. Rainy Andrews was trying to call. I cut him off because Chase beat him. Call him back. He did leave a voicemail. Yeah. Hello? Randy Andrews, this is a two-headed nerd cover to hey. cover calling you. Nice. Yeah. We nice. S- That's not very often that happens. Nope. That jerk chase magnet cut you off. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how he gets though. We, oh man. Don't get in that guy's way. Well, well, you guys, you guys run a tight show and you got a lot of people that call in on your show. So we'll put a lot in quotes, but what do you want to rap about today, Randy? <laughs> Well, I was just thinking about the upcoming movie releases that are coming out. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on the new The Mummy movie coming out? I don't think I could care less. I don't know, man. Really? Yeah, I really could not care less. I'm a little... Like, I think the effects look cool and everything. Sure. But I was not a huge fan of the previous Mummy movies. Um, I like the first... Okay. I like the first couple. Um... But I don't know. It's um, you know, the first mu- muppy muppy, <laughs> first muppy moopy. The first, the first mummy movies uh, had kind of like a charm to them. You know, they had they yeah. were, they had a little bit of uh, humor and yeah. they didn't take themselves too seriously. This one looks so serious. Yeah, and I have a hard time like wrapping my head around it. And quite honestly, I don't know that like Tom Cruise can do that real sort of like somewhat lighthearted role. Like he's good when he goes full comedy, like in Tropic Thunder, he was really funny. But at other times when we try to make him like an approachable, normal human being, it just doesn't work out at all because he's such a goddamn weirdo. (laughs) Are you excited for it, Randy? Well, I'm kind of excited for it. I mean, because I'm, the week that it comes out, I'm doing The Mummy from 1999 for my podcast. Nice. That's fun. You know, um, and I really did like those old mummy movies. The first two were a lot of fun, but I feel like yeah, they're kind of yeah. artificially trading on some type of mummy fandom that may or may not exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been too yep. long almost. I I don't know if anybody yeah. cares. Like this movie could fly. They're trying Yeah, and they're trying to to do this whole universal monsters Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're I teasing forgot about that. Now yeah. an expanded Universal Monsters universe. Everyone's got to have a shared universe yep. these days. All of them. Yep. Oh yep. well, Matt. Two they weeks ago. They want to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks ago, Matt tried to convince me that uh, this Mummy movie was set in the same universe as the Brandon Fraser mummy movie. It is. It takes place in the future. It does not. Yes, it takes no. place modern day. The other stuff happened. No. <laughs> it's a reboot, you ignoramus. I thought for I think I think you're wrong. I think they're nodding to the old <laughs> well, mummy movies. 
that's all I had pretty much to talk about today. I'm going over to uh, the Scooters place today for a uh, fundraising event for U-Turn. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. yeah. Very so, good. Um, well, Randy- yeah, so that'll be kind of fun. I'll be there from 2 to 3 uh, doing my podcast on The Warriors. Oh, awesome. Nice. Randy's podcast, Soundtrack yeah. Alley. You can find it on iTunes. It is a wonderful show. I enjoyed being part of it, and uh, you should definitely yeah. check it out. Rand- All right, guys. Have fun Talk today, to buddy. Yep, see ya. Talk to you later, Randy. What a guy. Randy Andrews. The heart as big as his head. Yeah. I mean, that's cool he's doing The Mummy, but yeah, I just don't know. I honestly think this movie could bomb. I mean, Tom Cruise I has mean, it's star not going to bomb. Well, I mean, Tom Cruise has, stomp, has star power, sure, but he's made movies that have bombed before, and there's a pretty big slate of stuff coming out know, this man. summer. I mean, I don't know. Got that Jack Reacher audience coming with him. I don't think the last Jack Reacher did very well. <laughs> I have not seen either one of the Jack the, Reacher This movies. one, it strikes me as one of those movies that'll do fine in the United States, not blockbuster, but probably make money overseas for some reason. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, like... It, Cruise cleans up in China and Japan. They love that. And guy. they don't care where they make their money, to be nope. honest. And I get it. It makes sense anymore. Is it Kaplan next? Yep. Yep. Mr. James Kaplan. We got to get this guy a nickname. He's hit us a few times. Hey, Joe and Matt. This is James Kaplan, Sinister JHK on Twitter. And my answer for the question of the week, as far as a character that was justified in being killed, is the Sentry. I feel like Ah. Marvel had an interesting idea. It was gimmicky, but I liked the character. He was fun. He was sort of their take on a Silver Age Superman, but in sort of showing the contrast between Marvel and DC, their version of Superman was an agoraphobe and mentally unstable. He was a fun character, but... It eventually felt like they just didn't quite know what to do with him. Um, So the idea there was that he was both the personification of good, he was the golden man, but he was also the void who was, I guess, the personification of evil, or maybe he was the angel of death. I didn't totally understand. Yeah. But, you know, once they got to Siege, it kind of felt like, look, we've pretty much used up this character. He just doesn't seem like a character that we ought to have around anymore. So I think at that point, uh, they probably did the right thing and just decided, you know what, let's just kill him. What else are we going to do with this character? He was an interesting experiment, and they kind of exhausted the possibilities for the character. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Love you. What do you think of that, huh? <laughs> he brings up a broader point, I do too. love James. James Characters is Characters like the Sentry, who I liked the Sentry when he first showed up. We all agree. It was pretty cool, but then it went way I look, crazy. I have a hot take on the Sentry, if you're ready for it. <laughs> Hit me. Hit me uh, with your hot take. The first Sentry story was this great experiment where Marvel, in conjunction with like Wizard Magazine and the other comics press, tried to convince people that there was this long-lost character that oh, they yeah, yeah, had yeah. just found, created by this forgotten creator, and it, it was just never published. Wasn't it supposed to be Jack Kirby? No, it was it, it was a made-up guy. It was a made-up guy that oh, they invented. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, and it was like this, this lost Silver Age Marvel creation, and we're going to bring him back. It's going to be great. Uh, and, of course, it was all nonsense. It was all marketing, but right. it was so fun. Yeah. 
And then the first century story by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee is wonderful. It's amazing. I own a page of it. It's such a great story. And it ends in a really nice way. And that's where it should have ended. That's my hot take. The century was never meant to be part of the Marvel Universe on an ongoing basis. It was a fun, one-off thing where there was all this forgotten history about this beloved character that that Spider-Man and the Hulk and all these people looked up to, and, uh, and then it ends. And that's where they should have left it. Don't bring it back. Don't make it an Avenger. Because what are you going to do with a crazy Superman? Yeah. You, like, you, uh, you're out of options. Other than kill him. Right. He either becomes a total unstoppable villain... Or he just kind of stands around being weird and nobody really understands what the century's deal is. Yeah. And that that one story should have been the end of the century. I totally agree. And I don't think characters like the century can live on the Marvel Earth. You know what I mean? They had the century later on. It was just like he showed up and just like punched Atuma's head off. Atuma is a Fantastic Four villain that's been around forever and ever and ever. And it's been very hard for the Fantastic Four to defeat and when you have a character that can just show up and just like murder a guy like that in page one you know it just it doesn't work and i don't know you can have those gods walking the earth in the marvel on the marvel earth outside of being like in space and when they do come it's a big thing and we've got to you know treat this right as it is a big thing uh, they're not uh, they're not your like everyday marvel characters right whereas in the dcu there's a lot more of that right and this sort of felt like they were taking a character from the DCU and, in, well, and inserting they him. They were obviously into trying to do like a Marvel spin on yeah. on Superman. That's and it was totally clever. Obvious. It was clever. And yep, it was great for one story. It went to a bad place. And it went to a, a bad place. Yeah, nobody a bad knew place. what to do with it. Just them. a really stupid place. Yeah. James, thanks for your call. That's a great answer. Yeah, it was a really good answer. Now let's go to Joseph Del Ponte. This guy's new, right? Two no. for two. Oh no, no, no. Two for two, two, for two on late, on late entries. entries. That's all right, Joseph. We forgive you. Hey, we don't really do this whole time thing. Hey, guys, it's Joe from Chicago here. Um, just calling on my long-ass commute home, uh, trying to make it in before uh, the deadline. Looks like I'm a little past. Uh, but I wanted to call um, and ask you guys what you thought about Marvel getting rid of their uh, free the digital copy. Um, I really like that they had it. I used to buy that my books at a comic shop and then bring it home and read them on my iPad with before I went to bed. I didn't have to have the light on. It was nice. Now, uh, not going to have the light on when I get sleepy. I got to get up, turn the light off. I'm a lazy guy. I don't like that. <laughs> Guess so. Uh, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that because I like buying my comics from a comic book shop. But I like also having digital comics. Uh, just want to see what you guys thought about that. Um, thanks for making my compute less bad. Joey, good to hear from you, brother. I think you might be the first person that I have ever heard defend the free digital copy. Well, why would anybody be against it? I mean... I, I guess I'm not saying against it, but I'm saying why would anyone be for it either? I've never heard anyone be like, hell yeah, I dig it. I never did anything with those three digital copies. Never cared. Um, well, people, a lot of people like Joe 
use them. You know, they they get their comic and then they download the digital version so that sure. they don't have to muck up their comic. They can read it on their iPad, whatever. I guess, but I, um, and this is obviously Marvel trying to steer you to the Marvel app. It, well, I mean, it wasn't trying. It wasn't a. They weren't saying, "Hey, buy the comic on the app instead." It was saying, "No, no, hey, no." I'm you saying, bought a four dollar comic. Here is a free digital. I'm saying version getting for you. rid of the free digital copy is I oh, think, trying yeah, to steer yeah, these people but, to the app. Um, did they not? I think they quickly reversed that decision. Oh, I don't know. Um, I do not know. Pause for research. Okay. Pause for research. Pausing. Um, so back in January, they announced that they were overhauling things, and in February, they would be giving out the same digital codes, but it would be for comics that they want to give away free. They were previewing things. Like, they would right. be previews of trades or what, whatnot. As far as I know, that's still going on. Well. So there you go. No, pause it. I'm, oh, we're still researching. Yeah, God damn it. Stop time. Research. Okay, then in March, Marvel walked back their changes, according to News of Rama. Beginning May 3rd, you will once again have codes in most of the print titles for a companion digital copy of the same issue. Now, I don't know if that's changed again, but we just had May 3rd recently, so I'm saying they're back. Uh, it looks like they're back in maybe a more limited way. I don't know exactly if it's... It, it used to be every comic that was three ninety nine and above, you got the digital code. And people like Joe would use them so that they didn't have to read their print comic, or they'd sell the code right. to people that wanted digital comics, or they'd give them away to friends or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's looking like they brought it back. They brought it back. There you go. No so, more crying, Chicago Joe. I, huh? hope that, I hope that's right. Uh, I hope that's true because I think that that was a shitty deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I don't care about it. Apparently, some people do. A lot of people were. And, but until they do have, like we talked about last week on the show, like a Netflix-type buffet where you pay X amount of money and these are the comics you have access to, until they perfect that, it's probably the best well, way to do it. Well, I mean, it. and Marvel does have that. It's just Sort uh, of. With the, Marvel Unlimited is a great service. It is. It's a buggy as hell service but they put it, I weird really stuff it. on there man like a buddy of mine wanted to read old man logan the only thing they had would issue eight uh, like yeah the, it's the schedule with which they release things is kind of hard uh i'm sorry not old man logan but the original mark millar so that would have been in wolverine yeah old man logan chapter eight was a one shot he needed to look for those issues of wolverine yeah he's well, searching wrong well regardless they can't <laughs> write that into their api to figure it out oh yeah it started here and went to here. <laughs> no, I'm saying this is operator error because you can search by storyline. I get that, but they should have it. By comic title. They should have it be smart enough to be like, oh, if you want to read this, here's these other books where it's nah, started. Man, nah, Come nah. On. This is on your friend, not no. on the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, but right now they're in that like weird six month limbo where you're right. not getting the current issues until six months after they're released, and that is of course to uh, play nice with the print people. Sure. Um, so it, yeah, it's a weird situation. Um, we talked about this. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. If the best idea would just be ripping that bandaid off and saying, "Look, digital comics are here." Yeah, deal with it. With and a, they come out same day. And, and we've already proved yeah. it's not going to kill the industry. So I don't know. I don't you know. know. Honestly, it would cut down on piracy a ton. Because guess what? All those digital comics are out there same day. They're there. I wonder if this may have been something we talked about during the Orca's postcard last week and you cut it. Anyway, we've had this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Uh, hopefully, Joe, though, this is all, neither here nor there. Hopefully, they have righted that ship for you and that the digital codes are back. Uh, check your comics from the last week or two. Yeah. You might be pleasantly surprised. Let us know. Could be there. 
Thanks for calling, buddy. Let's go to our final recorded call. It's been a while since he's sent us an MP3, but we got a scorched earth call here from BS the three. Hey nerds, uh, I've got some big plans with Black Scorpion number four this weekend, so I doubt I'll uh, be able to do a live call in. He's but, just a uh, baby. That scorched earth question really intrigued me. Uh, there, there have been a lot of storylines where people have written a character into a corner, and there was the need for a reset. But as you know, I hate it when writers find themselves in that position in the first place and resort to killing. So I thought I'd give a shout out to. Uh, a solution that I saw once. Uh, as, as you know, I got very burned out on comics from all the different crisis mega crossovers and, and bad decisions over and over. Uh, but there was one thing that happened in the midst of those that, that seemed like it would be a good scorched earth reset. Uh, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I really liked DC one year later and its approach to uh, starting over. Um, by jumping ahead one year into the future, DCU was able to do things like bring Commissioner Gordon and Bullock back and have, have this thing where uh, Harvey Dent was looking over Gotham City while, while Batman was gone. And uh, they made a transition to a uh, Hawk Woman taking over the Hawkman title. Uh, there was a new uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, all, all these things were able to happen. It was a reset without necessarily walking the audience through killing off characters and establishing new origins. It was just like, oh, this is the world now. It's kind of intriguing. Um, if you don't like it, hold on. We might be able to plug some of those holes as we went. So um, that's that's something that, uh, that I kind of favored. And I wonder whether or not you guys think it aged well. Unfortunately, I think that the crises tiles that followed kind of undid all the work of uh, one year later. But uh, to me, it was a compelling approach to it. All right. Best to you guys. I'll talk to you soon. I remember one year later being pretty cool. I think a lot of it was really cool, and some of it wasn't. There was some of it that was but pretty stupid. That's everything, though. That's yeah. everything. You're never gonna like everything a company. No, ninety nine percent of the stuff like, out there is garbage. You got to dig through to get that one like, percent. I really didn't. I really didn't like Hawkman. Uh, Hawkgirl taking over Hawkman. Not because I didn't like Hawkgirl, but because I did you don't not like, like women. I did not like. I think it was Howard Chaykin. I, it was. I was not into it. I think you're right. I think that was Howard Chaykin. I wasn't into it. Yeah, and it wasn't good. It, and it just it was a violent character shift for that character. And, but yeah. I did like you know the stepping in a year later and going well. What the hell has been going on? Yeah, and how are they going to catch up to that point? Right. And in some cases, it worked really well. In other cases, it was a little herky jerky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like uh, he mentioned that storyline with Harvey Dent. It's called Face the Face. James Robinson wrote it. It was really uh, good. It had art uh, that was split between. Uh, Don Kramer, who I miss in comics. Yeah, where is Don artist. Kramer? I don't know. Um, and then somebody else did the detective stories, but I forget. Um, but yeah, that's a great story where Two-Face ha- has been like healed and, and Batman has trusted him to protect Gotham City. Yeah. And of course, it ends very badly. Yeah, what can you uh, do? And it had like good guy Riddler as a detective. Fun, fun stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a great, great answer. Yeah. I love that. One year later. I like it. Let's get to us, Joe Patrick. Let's, Let's talk about our scorched earth answers, shall we? Yeah. Uh, do you have one? I don't I have a very good one. You don't have a very good one. No. I started thinking about, I mean, I'm going to let you go first, honestly, but I started thinking about like every time something needed to end, for the most part, it didn't. <laughs> like They said they ended it or whatever, but then five years later, two years later, sometimes ten years later, it was back, and it sort of poisoned some of those ideas for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, they comics has a hard time letting things go. 
They really do. And maybe the best scorched earth thing that's going to happen is right after we get done with Secret Empire and Cap, you know, goes back to being normal again. I maybe. <laughs> um, did you read Secret Empire number two? No, not yet. Something happens in Secret Empire number two, and I'm very curious as to whether or not it was planned all along or if it is a direct result from uh, well, the... It had to have been criticism. It had to have been planned for a while because I mean they they do these like six months out, right? Um, yeah, but I mean they're always like adding pages and adding issues and changing artists. Like there's ways for them to make changes on the fly. Anyway, the one case for me where the scorched earth policy was the most justified was when DC rebooted in 1985-1986 uh, with Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they had one big year-long epic story that kind of celebrated all of the nonsense that had gotten them to that point. Yeah. Infinite Earths and weird characters. And right. they were just like, all right, that's the end. And they mashed it all up into a ball and then exploded it back out again. <laughs> yeah. And when they exploded it back out again, it was one universe with a new set of rules and a, and a single unified history. Okay. And it, was, it made for a more cohesive, less confusing, and more accessible DC universe. All right. Like, and I know that DC was trying to do that same thing with the New 52. They just failed. They failed at it. Yeah, big time. And because they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They were trying to appease everybody. Well, they crushed it all into a big ball and then sort of exploded some pieces of it back out and other new pieces too. I think the New 52, (laughs) I think the New 52 could have been a much better success if DC had just said right from the start, this is a 100% reboot from scratch. Right. But they didn't. They said, no, some of the things you love still count. We're just not going to tell you what. And so for five years, we were left guessing. Well, with Crisis on Infinite Earths, they said, no, this is it. Superman number one. Here we go. Yeah, the end. And uh, some of the old titles kept going. Um, Detective Comics, Batman, and Action Comics kept going. Uh, Superman became Adventures of Superman. But they started fresh. Boom. You had a new origin for Jason Todd. You had a new origin for Batman with Batman Year One. Uh, You had uh, a a brand new origin of Superman. You had characters that were gone that didn't exist anymore. Wonder Woman's history was completely different. The Justice League's history was different. Yeah. And you could just step in and and get those fresh for the first time as as a new fan. Right. And I'm sure there were guys like I am now back then that were like, wow. Where's um, Superman Red and Superman Blue? <laughs> or that's a bad example, but like, how come? Uh, where's the All Star Squadron? God damn it! Right. It, yeah, and I get it. They lost things too, and there were certainly good things about the the DC universe, the, the DC multiverse from before, but they had to have been losing people. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have done it, you know. Well, of course, they, I mean that's what it was. Such a again, we like to believe that this all comes down to this romantic for the sake of the story. Oh no, 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 no! It's that's business, nonsense, right? It's business, baby. Yeah, and I'm sure that you know the the DC universe at the time was such this gigantic pot of stew, right? And they were just throwing shit into it, and you didn't know what all was in yeah, it. Yeah, and it got too spicy, and then yeah. it wasn't spicy enough, right. and then Some it was people, way too salty, right. and what the hell do we do about that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll water it down. Just pour a bunch of water in there. Right. And so Crisis just came in and, and just cleared the decks, said, all right, we're done. And they swept all that stuff aside and started fresh 
and not everything was a hit. Not everything was a huge success. DC did eventually like walk back some stuff or reintroduce some things, uh, which was fine. Yeah. But they didn't pull this nonsense where they're like, hey, maybe some of your favorite stories still count. Right. Right. No. They (laughs) said, no, this is a new Superman. We'll let you know if and when some of your favorite stories still count. Right. (laughs) And I just thought that that was, in my opinion, in comics, the best use of this sort of thing. Okay. Where they just said, look, it's not working. Let's try something completely new. All right. I'm going to go with something more personal. As opposed to big world ending and world rebuilding, more character driven. All right. And I actually have two because I can't settle on which one I liked better. So I'm just going to kind of spit them both out and you can decide which one is the better answer. Joe Patrick, I'll put you in charge of this. Okay. So my first one comes from Warren Ellis, one of my favorite writers. He, this was 90s, young Warren Ellis, right? Working in the trenches at Marvel. He was working on uh, Hellstrom. This was before he even came into uh, Doctor Strange. Actually, it was shortly after his Doctor Strange. He did a story about Doctor Druid, the Forgotten Avenger. And it was this limited series, right? Six issue. I think it started as a, it may have been a series, but it turned into like a six issue limited series. It's just called Druid. It's called Druid. And it was about Doctor Druid coming back and deciding, like, look, I need to be an Avenger again. I'm, I'm a super powerful guy. I got fat. I got lazy. I've got these, like, kids that are like hangers on that worship me or whatever, but I don't do shit anymore. So I'm really going to go for it. I'm going to reach deep into the power of the, you know, I I guess we'll call it the green, even though that's a DC thing. And I am going to become the ultimate druid that I should be and show the Avengers. I'm a badass. I'm back. Let's do it. He gets way too powerful and he cannot control it. (laughs) Yeah. And unlike the century, they wrote this story with a terminus, and the whole idea was he becomes too powerful, realizes it, has to kill himself, and in the end, the kids that live with him burn his body in a garbage can. You know, and it just shows it's this classic. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> it's this classic Icarus story. He flies too close to the sun, and you know, falls to his doom or whatever. But it was back when Marvel wasn't afraid to tell good terminal stories like that sure and it had a great character arc and in the end boom he dies over my second one grant morrison's aztec i loved grant morrison's aztec it was a wonderful dc story about a character and this was in the nine this was also in the 90s when they were sort of throwing a bunch of new characters out into the dcu to test the waters with stuff and aztec kind of seemed like he could just be another one of those characters cool this guy that has this armory wears that is powered sort of by sorcery and magic, right? And there's these ties to, oh, ho, ho, screw all this. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Who this? Crawdad Cody. Hey, what up, Crawdad Cody? Oh, yeah. How you doing down there eating some gumbo? <laughs> hey. Actually, I jumped alive just the other day. Hey, all right. Uh, pretty good, you know? Yeah, I haven't called in a while. I saw some stuff on Twitter, though. I heard Matt Baumstein does not care about Venom. I don't care about Venom, Crawdad. Am I wrong? Am I an idiot? Did you read the Rick Remender Flash Thompson run? I did, and I liked it. But I I liked it a lot. But that's not not what we're going to get. You know that. They're not going to give us that. It's going to be Eddie Brock. I assume this this is Tom Hardy we're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I'm pretty excited for it. Like I, I would love to see them do like an alien kind of movie where it's like a, the symbiote is on a ship or something, but I know it's, it's Sony not attached to Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's going to be weird, but the character Venom, like in comics, I'm hoping they do something cool with, I just read issue five where they bring Eddie Brock back as Venom spoiler. And this is like one fifty issue comes out in a week or something. Right. And they're hyping it up. Yeah. I just hope they don't flush all this like character development. Cause the symbiote was doing so well. Cause they did finally realize it was a good guy. I got bad news. And we just kind of ripped it away. <laughs> they ripped away from flash Thompson. Yeah. Right. And I, there's nothing, they didn't explain that at all. And apparently they're explaining it in the next issue. So hopefully I, I really liked that. Marvel doesn't shit the bed. I really liked that. Uh, what Marvel was doing with the symbiote where they finally revealed the origin uh, of the of the alien race in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And the Venom symbiote was broken. Yeah, he was like too detached from the hive yeah. mind or whatever. Right, and it went nuts. And then they fixed him, and it, and then all of a sudden Venom is like cosmic super cop. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And yeah, and I love that idea. The, and the Space Knight series is pretty good. Yeah, and I I totally agree that I don't think Marvel has any interest at all in fixing that or massaging it in a way that it works. I think they're much more interested in uh, breaking that chain and saying Venom is the same slobbery Venom you know and love. Yeah. Um, But I did, though I really hated, hated the most recent Venom uh, relaunch. Um, I did like terrible. I did like the fact that it was the it was the host. Yeah. Doing all the evil stuff, not the symbiote. Right, and the symbiote didn't like it. Yeah. Right, he was forced. Um, and I thought that that was an interesting twist. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Not a good story. I just, here's my problem with Venom. I feel like Venom is this perfect artifact of the 90s, right? Where comics got really mm. mean and dark and scary and it was all violence and, you know, and... Venom was sort of a nonsensical bad guy that looked really cool because Todd McFarlane drew him. And honestly, outside of that, I mean, like we had a toy that said, I want to eat your brain. You know, I mean, like there was not a lot of character or build up to Venom. Venom was a scary thing that popped up every once in a while. Spider-Man found a creative way to beat him up and send him on his way, but never quite kill him because a little drop of the symbiote went down in the sewer or whatever. And now it's on the Sandman or who knows, you know? I, I just, I don't care. I feel like they never built him up enough to care about. And the Venom that they did build up, the one that you are citing, and we were both just talking about, is absolutely yeah. not the Venom we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you think they're pushing this, like, 150th issue and all that because it spawns anniversary as well? So they're trying to, like, cash in on the Todd McFarlane hype? <laughs> I mean, no, I think uh, it's just... It's good timing. You know what? I don't think anything is an accident, I think it's good timing. (laughs) I think they had a news release that they knew was coming up, and this is a perfect chance to try and up the sales of Venom a little bit because Venom sales are not good. Let's look real quick. Yeah, I know issue five. Wait, what was the issue that came out? Five, six? The one where Eddie Brock is back in the suit. It actually received a big sales bump because it's Eddie Brock and people were interested. Yeah, I think think you're right. Retailers. It's doing something, you got to admit I think retailers looked yeah. and went, okay, Eddie Brock is back. Maybe that'll give it a push. You and, know? you know, maybe there's something to be said for the character. Even though I liked some of the stories that they did, like I liked Good Guy Venom, I liked Flash Thompson, uh, there might be something to be said for the character 
having gotten too far away from what people liked about him. Was that issue six you're talking about? Whatever the most recent one is. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, that was number 14 in the top 300. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a huge... I mean... Yeah, that's a huge jump for the book. I'm shocked. I, I hope this 150 issue is good. Movie side, I'm just hoping for something decent. Like, I don't have high hopes, but it's Tom Hardy as my interest. Yeah. Venom has my interest. Sure. I just hope the movie is somewhat decent. I, I don't know how they will make it decent without Spider-Man. God, but. check this out. Guess what Venom number five was in March? Venom number five on the sales chart. So way lower, obviously. Guess, guess where it was? 250. 60. 60. Cody's much closer. It was at 71. Wow. Went from 71 to top 20. That is crazy. So maybe we're totally wrong. Maybe the Eddie Brock love is out there and... You know, this is like another one of those Harley Quinn, Deadpool things that you and I just don't understand. <laughs> so, like, I, I do like Venom as a concept and as a character. I like it's the just, concept. I just don't care about the character. I think, uh, for, for me, I never really bought into the idea of Venom as a solo character. Yeah. Um, though, it, though w- I did enjoy it when they did something really different with him, like with Flash. Uh, you know, Venom as a, as a solo star just doesn't appeal to me t- so much as... Uh, as him being like this boogeyman that yeah. shows up in Spider-Man. Like Venom in a Spider-Man movie, I'm fine with that. <clears throat> I just, it's when you start doing solo movies with bad guys, man. With Tom Hardy, though. Yeah, with Tom Hardy, who knows? I think, it, I think it's, got tr- yeah. uh, it's got potential. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, poor man's Tom Hardy in Suicide Squad, and that didn't work out so well, so that's Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, um, he was Rick Flagg. Tom Rick Hardy Flag. was supposed to be Rick Flagg. Oh, I was talking about Captain Boomerang, the Australian guy. <laughs> no, Tom Hardy was actually supposed to be Rick Flagg. Oh, yeah, in I know. Squad. I know, but then they got the poor man's Tom Hardy to play Captain Boomerang. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Jai Courtney. Yeah, Jai Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your call, Crowdhead Cody. Always good to hear from you, brother. Oh, thank you. Have a good one. All right, See take you, it easy. From 71 to 14 on the sales chart. That is crazy. Hey, kids love Eddie Brock. I guess. I don't know. I. What has Eddie even been doing? Eddie lost his legs. He was a good guy for a little bit. Now he's back and he's bad again? I honestly couldn't tell you. Apparently we need to read Venom number six and find out where Eddie Brock is. I don't know. Um, so the last thing I remember with Eddie Brock was uh, during the one, uh, the, the brand new day era of Spider-Man where they right. turned him into anti-Venom because he had already lost the Venom symbiote. Ugh. And so he was sort of like uh, this weird kind of good guy sort of version sort of it was dumb um and i don't remember what happened with that or where he ended up i thought he was dead for a while i don't know yeah eddie's had a rough life yeah it's been tough for old eddie poor ed mm. <laughs> so cody uh totally saved you from bringing your answer to a poignant close <laughs> he did he absolutely did i was talking about aztec and uh in the aztec story we basically had the setup for the character, a compelling setup. The story was really good. And then in typical Grant Morrison fashion, we learned there was a lot more to the character that we had no idea and totally worked. It turns out Lex Luthor invented the whole thing. All right, so let's back up and actually describe Aztec. Aztec was a character that uh, he was raised as part of this um, weird corporation or foundation right. that believed in this doomsday prophecy about uh, the, like an Aztec god coming to Earth and ending all life, and Aztec was like the protector. 
the Q Society, I think it was called. Yeah, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, he was raised to be the ultimate weapon to save humanity from the gods. Right. Uh, and his story ends, his series ended with issue 10 or 12, I think. And then he joins the Justice League, yeah. uh, Grant Morrison's JLA. It was awesome. And but you don't discover for another he joins JLA in issue ten. Yeah, you don't discover the truth about Aztec until issue like forty. Right, he'd been around for a while. Grant Morrison reveals that Lex Luthor invented the whole thing about the Q Society. He was Aztec's benefactor. He created Aztec to be his inside man on the Justice yeah. League. Yeah, Aztec, his like suit had been recording and spying on the Justice yeah. League the entire time. And Aztec rebelled. He's like. No, I'm a hero. I'm a hero. I was raised to be a hero, and here I am. And he destroyed the watchtower with like some nuclear bombs, or like he detonated his suit. The power core. Of his no, no, suit. no, 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 no. There were warheads. Some. Oh, that's there right. There were warheads in the watchtower for some reason, and he like evacuated it, or he got everybody out, or something. But he died heroically, right? As a hero. Um, and yeah, so Aztec was a crea- uh, was a character that Grant Morrison created just to die. Yeah, and it was like this four year long game. And it was amazing. Ran his course. Yeah. Did his job. Blew up. The end. Yeah, but it was great. <laughs> it's great. It was great. Yeah. It showed. First of all, it was a fun play on comic book storytelling and what it is to be a hero and stuff like that, and what happens where everything you know is wrong. You know, he does the one thing that could redeem himself, and that is die being a hero, basically. Yeah. Like the injustice, man, the and injustice. showed us like Lex Luthor is way more smart than we thought too. Grant Morrison's Lex Luthor was brilliant, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And oh, I don't know that Lex Luthor has been done that well since Grant Morrison left. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, it was a, it's a, a really great like long plot with a character that one creator was able to see through to the end, and uh, you don't really get that in a lot of comics these days. Not so much anymore. So um, I don't know if what you're describing is an example of a scorched earth. <laughs> I mean, for the character. It's a great character death. Yeah. I mean, for the character, what I'm saying is like it was done, over, never went back. We're, we're finished with it. Yeah. And I'm glad. I don't need a character like that to come back. I don't need them to sure, right. do what they did, like we talked about the century, where they kept dragging it on and dragging it on, rather than just at the end of that mini going, all right, there it was, dead. Right. We all learned our lesson. Scary stuff, you know? Bad biscuits, bro. Bad biscuits, baby. We've got a THN cover to cover miracle here. I Jeffrey got to catch them all. I don't know how it happened. From Mexico, recovers his drunken call. How come the rest of the chain? crawls out of the pile of Pacifico bottles and shoots us his MP3? Greetings, two-headed nerd. It's JD. Got to catch them all. I am recording from Mexico. I am on vacation, but I did not want to miss. My chance to s- contribute to... He's wasted! THN. <laughs> the drunk show's at Christmas time! <laughs> as far as my answer to the question of the week, I'm going to say the best death was, I'm going to say it, Wolverine. He had to go. But what I really want to talk about is... Hot take Matt, from Drunk Jeff. To answer a question from many, many episodes ago, I'm the one. I'm sorry. I finished my novel last week and last weekend, and since then I've been binging on Marvel Comics through the Unlimited app, and I actually care about the Inhumans. 
Okay. I like them. Okay. I like Charles Soule's Inhuman, Uncanny Inhumans book. Really? I do. It's a great family drama. It's somewhat segmented from the Marvel Universe. It's given me something in the Marvel Universe that I haven't gotten from anything else, which is something new. Hmm. I'm meeting characters I've never met before. I'm encountering I'm I, I'm encountering a sense of discovery that I haven't had in the Marvel U since the first Secret Wars. I'll be honest. So yeah. Who cares about the inhumans? Sorry, Matt, it's me. You there it is. Crucify me as you will. But I like the inhumans and I like Charles Sewell's take on them. Okay. All right, boys. Well, have fun back in Nebraska. I'm going to be soaking up the sun in Nebraska, or soaking up the sun in Mexico. He is wasted. And I will see you later. Uh, I've had some beers. Oh, <laughs> man. I love later, drunk boys. Jeff. We got a plasmarized <laughs> Jeffrey Ketchumall. Drunk Jeff. Yes. Awesome. I am not going to crucify you. I just wanted to find that unicorn that does care. I was, you know what I mean? I knew, they were, I knew you were prancing around out there with rainbows coming out of your butt somewhere. But wow. He cares about the Inhumans. Here's something shocking. And I know I keep going to sales to represent how much people care, but it's the only real number we have. But it's not even a real number because it's only print sales. I understand that. Where do you think Inhumans Prime landed in the top 300? Inhumans Prime. Inhumans Prime, the book that set up all the Inhuman stuff. Oh, the the resurrection. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A hundo? Well, okay, you're being way crueler to it than I, I don't know. You say that like I know you. I'm just asking what you when, thought. Because when you say something like a book is number sixty in the top three hundred, what garbage? No, it's number it's sixty garbage. in the top three hundred. No, I get that, but for Marvel Comics, that is what low. number, Matt? Just it, tell me the number, number one hit at twenty four. Okay, fifty thousand issues. Okay, well, how many comics did Marvel ship that month? I mean, a lot, sure, but like the number one was Amazing Spider-Man twenty five, and that shipped one hundred thirteen thousand. My point being, for a major Inhumans relaunch that they're hoping is going to spin off into three different series, that's not huge. Yeah, but if 10 of the top 25 comics for that month are Marvel, then Inhumans Prime was the 10th best-selling Marvel comic for that month. I get that, but still, that's not how they think about it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you know. So he cares about the Inhumans. And I'm not saying I hate the Inhumans. I like the Inhumans. I think I just got bored with the Inhumans being forced down my throat. I think I got a little oversaturated by yes, the Inhumans. Yes, too much Inhumans. And not feeling like the Inhumans that I loved anymore. But, again, I'm an old guy. Maybe I'm wrong. We were wrong about Eddie Brock. Huh? There you go. Uh, they released the first look at the Inhumans cast in costume. I saw that. Um... Uh, boy, I hope that Medusa looks better with effects. Yep. Uh, but the costumes look fine. I mean, they look like standard. They look fine. Comic to yeah to TV film or whatever. They yeah. look very. I will say, uh, agents of yeah, but Shield. like Black Black Bolt wasn't you know. gonna have a full head mask with a wishbone on its forehead. Like Why that not? stuff wasn't gonna happen. Why not? <laughs> hey, come on! And Corgon doesn't even have goat legs. You know? I think he does. Didn't look like it. We did, they didn't show his goat legs, but I, I think know. he's got them goat legs. I yeah. hope so. I hope he has goat He'd legs. He'd better have goat legs. I'm going to be pissed if he does not. We got another voicemail, too. Someone that couldn't get through live. He can't even pick up. I know you guys' show lasts longer than an hour. <laughs> Holy bucket. <laughs> Lucky bucket. Hey, kids. Sean Wedding here. Hey! Want to call and say hello to the nerds. Shonics! I haven't talked to you guys in a while. 
I miss you guys. Uh, there's a lot of stupid shit going on in the comic book world right now, especially in the big two. I'm trying to hold on, but I can't anymore. It's driving me nuts. Uh-oh. That Secret Empire had me for like one issue. and the second issue, I'm just like, bleh. And this button thing and the Watchmen shit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a good time to be reading BPRD. I just got to say that. Invisible's on a, on a roll. It's ending soon. I'm sad. And Walking Dead. It's not my cup of tea anymore, but I still like it from month to month. But I'll tell you what. That, like, Green Valley book or whatever it is, it's almost done. All that stuff was so good. It's so good. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is killing it, especially when they team up in Batman. You got to be reading that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman adventure book. I loved book. that book, yeah. So really fun. Good. And that Funko. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. That was awesome with their big heads. All right, All right guys. I got to go. I just <laughs> want to say hello. I miss you guys. Peace out. I was hoping to talk to you guys live, but you guys are probably screening your calls. I saw Mary in Iowa and freaked yeah, out. We're like, screw that. Later, Gators. <laughs> Sean X, the only person that cared at all about the Funko Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. <laughs> we miss you too, Sean. Hey, the you're T- still part of the MP3 T-Man crew, T- buddy. Batman was great. Yeah. It was really good. The um the animated one, the 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 second one they did that was like in the animated style. I enjoyed that too. I didn't read um, that. I liked the Freddie Williams Jr. Uh, Freddie Williams the third or whatever his name is. Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, the one that they did. I really liked that series. Um, and he is all up in those cartoon tie-in books. He just uh, finished the He Man, uh, the He Man Thundercats crossover oh, yeah. book. It's great. I heard it was great. I did not read that. I heard it was really good stuff. Uh, I did not read Green Valley, but that's mostly because I, don't I really is. don't like Max Landis. What is what is Green Valley? Um, it's an image book, I think. Okay. Um, but oh, yeah. I think I this is more about my personal feelings about the person Max Landis than his his writing. What's ability. your problem with Max Landis? Uh, I think he's a colossal douchebag. He's a sexist asshole. Is he really? Yeah, I don't like him. I didn't know that. Well, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't say that about himself. But has he? Have people been coming at him or what? I didn't. I don't know anything about this. Uh, he's just a loudmouth online personality. I don't like him. The Knights of Calodia are the finest in the land, but they've never faced a power like the one that resides in Green Valley. Max Landis. Who, oh, this is the guy that wrote Chronicle. Yeah, and he wrote uh, that Superman Secret Identity miniseries, yeah. which was pretty good. American Alien. Or American Alien. Yeah. yeah, Secret Identity. What was that? That was Kirby's. Communicoli draws it. I like him. Welcome you to the world of Green Valley, where nothing is ever what it seems. I think I reviewed this briefly in one of our ludicrous speed rounds. Yes, I did. And I don't remember, I remember saying the art's pretty good, and the story seems like it's all over the place. I don't recall totally, but I know I didn't read any more of it. So, there you go. That's, man. Green Valley cast. I, our, our, our well-reasoned and well-thought-out reviews right there. <laughs> I think we reviewed it, and I'm not sure what I thought of it. Yeah. That. So let's get real, nerds, with hey, breaking look, news. Breaking Shonix, news. Wait, I, real quick, I want to say, hey, Shonix, come back to us, baby. Yeah, we miss we you. We miss you, too. We're sorry we, sorry we missed your call. We had drunk, drunk Jeff going on. We don't know oh, how we Lord. missed it. Rambling. The phone didn't even ring, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I turned the ringer off because we were talking to somebody uh, else is what happened. Yeah, we were totally screening out the Marion, Iowa yeah, calls. Yeah, sorry about That's that. For we sure. do not take calls from Marion, Iowa. Mm, not after last time. So, <laughs> Shonix, we miss you. Welcome back, brother. That was fun. It was a good show. We talked to everybody. We had yeah. fun with it. Uh, are we going to give into the orchestra demands and pick our favorite caller? Sure. Let's pick our favorite caller. I have one. Okay. Who's your favorite? My favorite caller is John from Jersey. 
who uh, talked about onslaught. Uh, yeah, onslaught. Yeah, kind of a couple of really bad storylines clearing the decks for a real strong return to the yeah. Marvel universe. You know what? I think John from Jersey gets my favorite too, because honestly, if you think about all the times they've done this, Marvel and DC both. I mean, and they have done this several times in the past 40 years. My God. But really, you can count on two or three fingers how many times it's actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, Onslaught being one of them. Yeah. I, I really liked all of the calls. I, I thought everyone did a great job. Everyone had a different, unique answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have to pick our favorite. Johnny from Jersey. He's our favorite. And John from Jersey. Uh, and it's not just because he tugged at my heartstrings. No. With the latter half of his call. Yeah, that was cute. So that was good. That was cute. Uh, we did prove this with Anthony from Brooklyn. If you incorporate your children into your call, uh, you will get our attention. At least Joe's. <laughs> I'm on the asshole spectrum, so yeah. I mean, it's different for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so let's talk for a minute. Real talk, guys. All right. Shut off the phone line. I'm shutting off the phone line because we're done. Screw you guys. Phone line is shut the frig off. There we go. Real talk, guys. We love doing this show. And we've had amazing response to this show. And because of that... You mean specifically this show, THN Cover to Cover. Yes. Because of the amazing response and the way that you guys get to steer us into stuff we normally would not be able to touch on the regular show, we are going to incorporate Cover to Cover into the regular weekly show. We are returning... That means every week. Every week. We are going to return... Two-Headed Nerd to weekly news, weekly reviews, our picks for next week, and then the next segment. We're going to open the phone lines, and we're going to wrap live, just like we do on this show. And we do the question of the week on Sundays. You can call in and answer it. You can call in with your thoughts about the show. Cover to cover is not changing. We are taking the stuff we do in the other half of the show, things like the Defenders, things like interviews, things like comic pushers. And those are going to move to Patreon-exclusive stuff because we want to give you guys more well, and, benefits and, and more stuff there. It's not about, like, removing segments from the show necessarily. Not at all. It's more like when we have cover to cover, we end up covering a lot of the stuff that we right. do in those extra segments. And we want to cover that live with, with you. With you. We want you to direct it a little more and give us a chance to touch on more news stories more editorial right. stuff, more reviews. It's no longer n- going to necessarily make sense for us to have our own segment where we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy when right. we spend one whole episode talking about Guardians of the Galaxy exactly. 10 times with 10 different people. We're going to direct it a little more. So you'd like you this week, for example, Joe put the talking points up on the forums, also on our Facebook page, and you can link to the forums to see what they are. So we can say, hey, guys, we want to touch on this, 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 and this. We're making you all love slaves now. So, yeah, I... Every week, I post on the forums the prompt to call in. I list some of the talking points from the week, like a news story or yeah. uh, uh, something that happened on TV or in a movie or a video game or whatever. And you can go off of that list or you can choose to go your own way. That's what Cover to Cover is. Most importantly, the call-in window is not going to change. It's going to be 11 to 1230, Saturday, Central Standard Time. Unless we can't record on Saturdays, but we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to try and stick to it. Life happens. And if that means every once in a while that we have to miss a week so we can stick to our schedule, so be it. Life happens, right? You guys understand. You're busy guys, too. My five-year anniversary is coming up. I'm going out of town. The point being, we want to do this more. We want to do it every week. And 
we felt that we were suffering a little bit with comic coverage. I don't like reviewing stuff that's a week old. A week in internet time is like five years. That's true. It was kind of a struggle um, doing the main show on the off weeks because at that point you're talking about old news. Right. So this gives us more chance to cover more stuff and cover stuff that you want to hear us cover directly. So it's up to you. Hit the ball back at us. Tell us what you want to talk about, and we will wrap with you about it next week on our Cover to Cover segment, 11 o'clock to 1230 Central Standard Time. You can call us at 402-819-4894. If you can't call in live, leave us a message. We're still going to play those messages. We're still going to play the MP3s. We're still going to rap on this Cover stuff. to Cover is not changing is one not iota. changing. Except we, we're tacking on the reviews and news stuff that we do in the main show at the beginning of it. Yes, and we're working on doing this on Facebook Live so you guys could sit and watch it live and directly respond to each other. You see a side-by-side pictures of Joe and I face-to-face, and you hear the audio that we're listening <laughs> Well, don't to. make any promises. We're still working out the technical yeah. stuff. But we're looking into it. Yeah. Um, I know that we made some promises on the Patreon page about like watching the show as we record it. These are things... This is... This is what we're trying to work towards. Right. But that'll be open to everybody. Because, I mean, honestly, watching us make the sausage is not the most fun thing. If you're calling in and we're doing it live, that's different. That becomes a whole new animal. Of course, it's still going to go out as a podcast. It'll be polished. We'll take out, you know, any of the trolls that call in. But it's going to be fun. It's a fun change. I think it's better for the show. You're not losing anything. In fact, in my opinion, you're gaining more. And I think it's the natural evolution yeah. uh, for as to where we've been going this whole time. I think so, too. And like Honestly, doing the cover-to-cover part is my favorite part of the show. It's just fun. And we, we get to hear from you guys and play with you. And we get steered off into the real world. We're Otherwise, we're just picking what we want to talk about. Right. And that's not fun for everybody. Let's make it fun for everybody. But for now, kids, the two-headed nerd has got to pack this crap up. We've got real lives. i got to edit this turd and shine it up it's all over the place man (laughs) cannot wait to do the new show weekly starting next week it's gonna be tons of fun but we need you to participate i can't stress that enough thank you thank you thank you for everything you do and do and will do for this show but for now this is the two-headed nerd signing off